0: That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Hey, hey, Rachel. Sean.
0: It's great to be back. We have a lot of great topics today.
1: We actually really do. So we're going to talk about Elon Omar and her treasonous comments, where she was talking about putting Somalia, where she's originally from, ahead of the U.S., and she's a U.S. congresswoman. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, if re- recall, in Iowa, they had this devil... Uh, display over Christmas. The
0: guy took a sword to it. <laughs> he was awesome. Cut it down.
1: Well, now the charges have come out. We're going to talk about the felony charges uh, for this individual. charged with
0: hate crime, right?
1: Hate crime and felony. Yeah, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. We're also going to talk about uh, this ever-increasing divide between men and women, young men and women. Women getting further left, You know, young men getting further right. Uh, it's hard for love. It's hard for babies. Um, <laughs> hard to make babies when you don't want to yeah, talk to each other. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, uh, but before that, you have a little riff you want to go on.
0: Well, yeah, because I read this article this morning, and every now and then I read something that I'm like, because, you know, I have a writer's heart. I'm a writer at heart. If and you do, you have a writer's heart. I love to. And it's like we talked about New Year's resolutions. My New Year's resolution is to get more help to pick up in my house, so I can actually find more time to write because I love to write and it's a muscle. And if you don't, how use are you doing that, on
1: that search?
0: <laughs> about <laughs> as bad as my muscles are in that little gym we have over there. Um, no doubt. So it's not going well. So I got to I got to work on it. But, but I love great writers, and there are um, you know some of them that that they write something and I'm like, damn it, why didn't I write that? What why did I didn't I think, think of, of that? that? Um, we had a podcast that we did. It's coming out this week with uh, Kennedy. Another great writer. She writes a lot of stuff. And I'm like, darn it, why did I think of that? Um, she's awesome. I love every article of hers in the Daily Mail. Well, this morning I read an article by a man named Albin Sabar on um, American Greatness, which is a website I really like. And the title of the article is How's Life in Obama's Fundamentally Transformed America Working Out for You So Far? Um, which, of course, is a great title in and of itself um but I, I want you to re- listen to something Sean because you and I love it's a wonderful life it's like a, it's like one of our favorite movies it's a Christmas
1: classic for us New Year's Christmas classic kind of
0: it's a classic and it, it, it's the kids so, love it
2: too by the way which is great. our kids
0: love it too we, we watch it many mm-hmm. times a year mostly around the holidays like we'll watch it like three or four times you know over the holidays we just love it you never grow tired of it um it's a piece of Americana and Listen to this. He, he references it, this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, explaining what life is like in America now because we feel this change, right? Um, th- there's something that has in Obama's so, word and so that's whole, so sound, up,
1: fundamentally transformed. So, before you do that, we should probably explain for those of you who have not seen It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart, it's a classic, uh, but Jimmy Stewart's, um, uh, a banker and uh, reluctant banker. Reluctant banker. He wanted to travel the world. He never did. He stayed home and he, you know, served his community, giving people loans for businesses and homes. And the villain in the story is Mr. Potter, uh, who is a uh, a greedy old man who doesn't care about the way people live. Just wants to make money off the community. Yeah,
0: soulless guy.
1: Uh, and George Bailey, who is played by Jimmy Stewart, uh, uh, loses money. They, his his uh, his his, uh, his assistant loses his, money yeah, one to of his coworkers. Right. Loses some money. He wants to kill himself. And
0: in any case, he says, "I wish I had. I wish I had never, never been born." born.
1: It's and a then in that rendition, I'm giving of "It's a Wonderful Life." <laughs> no,
0: no, no I, actually, I think it's really good. He at one point, just a bunch of circumstances happen where he's he, he's in big trouble. And he basically says, "I wish I had been born, then, I, then my family wouldn't have to go through what, what's going to happen because of this trouble." And an angel hears his wish and grants his wish, and he gets to see what life is like without him. Well, without him, Bedford Falls, this beautiful place. I mean, when you when you watch the movie, you just go, "This really is Americana, yes. right?" Like small. If you lived in small town America, you still recognize. Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. After it feels you, like Hayward, Wisconsin.
1: Or it feels like Main Street Disney that Walt envisioned if you go to Disney World.
0: Yeah, but that's a little bit soulless. I'm talking about like No, it's not. Well, I mean, visually it looks like that, it but does. there's something about small town communities what really yes. made Bedford Falls Bedford Falls was the relationships of everyone in the community that they the knew each other, they cared about each other? Um, you know, you said hi to people when you walked by on the streets. Uh, you knew
1: the police officers. Everyone knew each other. That's right.
0: Your town is like that, Sean, where you grew up, and and, and it's Kinda a little is. it's a little piece of Bedford Falls. But when the wish gets granted, that he says, "I wish I'd never been born," without him in the town, sort of keeping these families going, you know, through his his small lending that he does. Um, it becomes Potter'sville.
1: Mr. Potter took over the town, and they all live in his shacks in the city.
0: And 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 you and we get to see what Potter'sville would look like. And it's a dreary,
1: ugly. There's drugs, drugs, prostitution, gambling. Everyone lives in these slums. Just no no morals, Climb. right? It's a dirty place.
0: And it, no morals. It gets dirtier and uglier, kind of yeah. like how Midtown Manhattan is. Yes. Um, so anyway. That's Pottersville. So listen to this quote from this article. that was a big lead into this. But if you, if you hadn't seen the movie, you kind of needed it. Okay. She says, so where does this leave us? Except for the bump in the road. This is from this author, Alvin Sabar. Except for the bump in the road after the Obama presidency that the left was not anticipating, the Trump presidency, in a few short years, we have fallen as far behind, as far as Bedford Falls of It's a Wonderful Life had descended into Pottersville. The United States has been transformed into Obamasville. And I just thought, if you've seen this movie, you absolutely recognize um, what he's saying right there. And really, we don't recognize America. I mean, we're in a place where, you know, they're trying to, you know, you can do drag shows for kindergartners and you're supposed to believe that's okay, um, where, You know, good people are put in jail, like innocent pro-life protesters or or parents going to, you know, uh, school board meetings trying to protect their children. And they're the villains. And then the bad guys are celebrated all over the place. I mean, we have there's so much crime. Our borders are open. Kids are dying of drug overdoses and fentanyl. Uh, We're just in this terrible. And it's true. It doesn't feel like America. And when I talk to people like my own mom, who is an immigrant who came to this country, you know, when America was really in in this beautiful space, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, the 80s, um, she just loves America and she can't recognize it anymore.
1: And I think what's important is when uh, a guy who comes in out of nowhere from, you know, Illinois as a senator and says, I want to fundamentally change America, we shouldn't all just say, great, we should go, well, how do you want to change America? What does your America look like? That question was never asked by the electorate exactly and, right. and by the media. And now we know what Obama's America, the fundamental transformation looks like. And it's Joe Biden's America as well. You're right. It is open borders, chaos overseas, crime in our cities, legalization of drugs and prostitution and pornography um, warping the minds of our kids in our schools, not to educate them, but to indoctrinate them. It's a mess. Um, and there was a a blip in the road. Donald Trump's four years actually thought, you know what? We can bring America back. We don't have to be Pottersville. We can go back to Bedford falls. And these globalist elites are like, no, we are going to transform this country. And to make another comparison to the movies, the elites are just like Mr. Potter. They get rich, Hmm. Everyone is poor living in slums as yeah. they're focused on gambling and and, and, and prostitution and drinking. And he's a really wealthy guy yeah. as everyone lives this debaucherous life. And all these elites are getting rich Yeah, as we all now live in this crummier America than what we had before Barack Obama.
0: Yeah. You know, they just tell you, I mean, it's, it, and we saw it on Overdrive during COVID. It's like, get your Netflix, order your food in. Um, You know, Jeff Bezos is getting richer. The little corner store down the street got poor or went bankrupt. The little restaurant, the small business guy went out of business. business. But Walmarts were open and all these, you know, all the big companies got richer and all the small guys got hurt. And that's the America that that is what it means to fundamentally transform. And the reason why they want that is the wiliest. Hardest to control people are small business owners. Right. They will always be. And you can see this if you go back in history and look at communist um, history, you know, what happened in, in, in the Soviet Union and in the, in the Eastern Bloc countries. Now, uh, at that time, you had to get rid of the small business owners because they are the wiliest ones and the hardest to control. Um, and And that's what happened here. And we saw our middle class shrink. Um, we had a bigger number of poor people, smaller number. The income disparity um, it just grew exponentially.
1: And so, but it brings us to kind of our next topic, which this is a topic that I know you love and actually I like it as well. So there's this growing divide between men and women in the country and their politics.
0: And that divide has grown as well over this period of time that we're talking
1: about. Of course. Well, I think it probably started to, to expand more during the Donald Trump years, probably yes, in 2017 where young single women have been becoming far more liberal and young men are becoming far more conservative so there used to be kind of all young people you know were a little bit liberal a little sure. bit but now you have more women becoming more liberal and and less men becoming liberal so the political divide is challenging and i, I would argue and just from people that we talk to women are far more aggressive in their liberalism as opposed to men in their conservatism they won't men are they,
0: finding their way to express but, their conservatism
1: too but they want they want to they won't uh, date trump supporters right the, the liberal, women, the liberal yeah. women that's right yeah so
0: because there's always been that myth of liberal tolerance What you're you know liberals like to pretend like they're tolerant and open-minded it's quite the opposite by the way i love you know, that, that point that, you know, all, all young people always tended to be more liberal, right? That's sort of like that rebellious point. If you were young and you were in, and, and, and you weren't a liberal, you know, then you didn't have a heart. But then if you were, as you grow older, if you were a liberal, you didn't have a brain. Um, and so it was right. sort of like you grew into, you got married and you started to, and you started to pay taxes and you started to, to take care of, of your family. And you realize that, yeah, maybe this conservative, um, you know, philosophy makes a little more sense and so you would see and this is statistically and proven you know through the data that as women got married and had children they became more conservative Uh, but we didn't see that during the trump years we saw women sort of becoming more more liberal and there's a lot of theories about that Um, it could be that finally you know the indoctrination has gotten so intense that they never kind of came out of it or there's something about donald trump that really triggers some women um, and, and you know, could be you know, his slandering. So, I don't know what it is, but there's something that triggers a lot of women about Donald Trump. Yeah.
1: So this, this, these numbers are actually upside down to where they were in the early 1980s, in the 1970s and 60s. Actually, women were more conservative than men back then. Right. And to explain that, women were had there's more religion in a woman's life, and the religion in a woman's life made them more conservative. Mm. And men, they were more uh, probable to be part of a union, which made them more Democrat. Oh, so, that's so men interesting. men were more Democrat, women were more conservative. Because and of as,
0: religious affiliation.
1: That's right. And as, as as unions have gone down in, populate, in, 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 and in membership. And as we
0: become more secular as we a nation.
1: More, we've seen the lines cross now. Fascinating. And here's what's interesting too. I mean, I, I would argue that it would make sense for, for young men to also be liberals. They're indoctrinated with the same social media, the same movies, um, right. the so same why education. Are they,
0: why aren't they becoming more liberal?
1: This is my theory. Okay. So young men are under assault. Masculinity, yeah. malehood is under assault. And I think there was a bit of a, a shock in that for a while. But then I think young men have become angry and go, well, who's attacking me? Who's attacking the very nature of who I am? Um, And it's coming from liberals and they've gravitated towards really strong men. Again, whether it's, you know, a Dan Bongino um, and others
0: or Jordan Peterson kind of having that 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 paternal um, influence on them. But also, by the
1: way, not demonizing them actually celebrating them for being men and their masculinity and how important that is for society and families and and religion. And so they're like, you know what? I like people that like me. And that's the Republican Party or the conservatism. I hate the liberals who hate everything about me. Yeah. No, I totally. No,
0: I think your philosophy is right. And I, I think what also happened at that time was this alternative media, right? So now there were places where you know, George yes. Peterson was on you know YouTube, and you could go on to um, other platforms like Rumble or even so you know some of the you know Instagram and and Twitter, and you could find these other voices. Now they so had Rogan. to actually ban them. So, for example, someone on the way extreme of the masculine side, like Andrew Tate, became a dangerous figure um, because it was part of what what was called the manosphere. Right. So men were gravitating towards this part of. Social media, where where other men, strong men, were saying, "This is how to be," and, and don't listen to those people telling you you're toxic. Don't listen to those voices in your classroom telling you that you know you're wrong for thinking such and such way, um, and embracing your masculinity. And and then also like on the Jordan Peterson side, you know, a lot of these young men were lost because they were getting these these messages. And at the same time, they were maybe being raised in broken homes, and so they didn't really have a father figure. So these manosphere, strong men personalities that you pointed out, and by the way, Joe Rogan, also another one of them, um, started to help form, or, or at least create a community where if you were a man, you could feel like it was, now listen to this word, a safe place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Um, a
0: safe place. A safe
1: place. Don't a safe place. Um, a different meaning. So, with a different <laughs> meaning.
0: So, yeah, I think all that happened. So, now what's no no there are two aspects of this, Sean. Of I wanted to kind one there's of the points. There is a social aspect, like what happens yep. to relationships, and then there's a political aspect to this.
1: Just for, first real quick as I open up my sure. Lacroix and crack it. Um so I, I agree with you. Men have not been taught how to be men. Right. The culture, the movies, the schools, the broken homes. Usually, I, I know growing up, whether it was my 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 father mm-hmm. or my older brothers, mm-hmm. um, or, or, e- or,
0: even, or or even or the older men that I even, worked with, or even Hollywood had some sort Mas- of male masculine yes. figures that you could look up to.
1: And it's like you could see masculinity in a lot of places in your life. Even a even a teacher, you can know, go like that. But what was the, the show? Coach. What was the
0: show you grew up with that had a strong male figure?
1: So you? just you know, like I didn't just I didn't have a TV growing up. I know, um, but you were so, watching TV. At, yeah, yeah, but I can't. Well, listen, okay, you, you want like the Dukes really? Of I I'm just going go to go with Dukes <laughs> of Hazzard, <laughs> Duke. I could go with Chips. Yeah, I was going to say um, Chips was and John. A good one. They
0: were good guys.
1: They were good guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as a as a little boy, but again, you've had the, the young men have had to go on the social media and be trained in what is masculinity? What is it to be a man? How do you be a man? What does it mean to be a man? And they've, they've been inspired by it and they love it. And I, again, that's feeds into this divide that we have, which we wanna talk about. What does it mean for our society? What does it mean for culture when you have men and women who very fundamentally don't see the world the same way?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So in the dating world, and you're right the women are more vocal about how they feel so they will put on their their dating apps they'll say no trump supporters and the men because men just want women right um and they're willing to date the women <laughs> if they if it, that's what it means to be less picky they're less picky
1: that's the that, way to put it for men
0: are less picky so they're not putting that on there but ultimately what i when i saw some of we these stats
1: more picky long term but in sh- like very short term like we on saturday trip. night There's, that's what's happening
0: we're <laughs> hooking up their right. equal opportunity
1: that's right they okay. can they can date communists
2: for a night
0: for a night <laughs> i don't recommend it for the long term
1: <laughs> we'll be right back with much more after this
2: Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth.
0: Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then Every Life is your solution. Every Life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. I think for the dating world, it's a problem and it's going to continue to be a problem. But I think if you're a conservative woman, this is a great time for you. Yeah. Um, Happy hunting. Uh, This is a good season for you because you're going to have your pick and you should put out there, I'm a conservative. You're a little unicorn. You know, you're, uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, love to cook. That's a good one. Um, Your own sense of dignity isn't you know, in any way threatened because you like girl stuff. Um, I think that's, um, that, I think that's, that, that's a good time for, for, for women like that. Now on the political side, Sean, it's interesting because what you see is, you know, even in this weird, like Taylor Swift controversy that's going on, like is Taylor Swift an asset of George Soros and the left to get all these like sort of, you know, non-thinking women or super liberal women to register and vote. I mean, she could be a force. I mean, there was a poll that came out that said 18%, but I think the number was higher for her demo, like the the younger, younger ones. Even. I think it was a third of young people would consider voting for whoever Taylor Swift and her Mr. Pfizer boyfriend decided to bo- vote for. Um, you know, that's a scary proposition. And what Republicans have said to this is, oh, well, we better take down Taylor Swift because, you know, she's bad and she, you know pollutes the environment with her private planes, and she's a big old hypocrite, you know, so well, let's expose her for all her hypocrisy and all her bad stuff. But the other side is, why don't you just try and, you know, fortify and gin up the guys on the on the right, who the guys who are getting red-pilled, essentially. Why aren't you working on, on that instead of tearing down Taylor Swift? Because in the end, I don't know.
1: So you make a really good point. So going back to Barack Obama, who wanted to destroy America, and he did, Um, He was a community organizer. He was able to organize his his voters and make sure that they went out and voted in 2008. Republicans have to do the same thing. You have to organize men, make sure they go out in the same numbers as women or higher numbers Mm, than women. It's also interesting. So
0: so should they use social media?
1: And of course, whether whether it's social media or I mean, it's it's uh, again, the the, the left is going on with influencers um, and trying to get them to talk about how great Joe Biden is. You got to talk to conservative or or male dominated, you know, uh, you see see
0: Donald Trump going on with the Nelk brothers going on. You have to do that. Yes. But This
1: is another pl- pl- what's interesting in politically, and you mentioned this. as That's
0: why they censor. By as the way, that's men why they censor and women scale.
1: get married,
0: yeah,
1: those women will become more conservative. The men usually don't become more liberal, right? In marriage, yeah. you don't need you know the, the sugar daddy state,
0: right? Which you is why have, they want all these single women.
1: You have a family, so. But it also brings me to another point. So I, I've 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 heard so many conservative African American. Um, Men and women say, we're talking about the politics of this transition of Hispanics and African-Americans, what's happening? And they'll talk about, mm-hmm. you know, there's, an, uh, there's like now more than ever in the last 70 years an opening for the community to vote Republican. And every single one of them, without prompting, without asking, will say, but you have to reach out. Yes. You've got to go to the community. Um, we had Jack Brewer on our podcast who was talking about this very thing, saying, you got to go to the African-American community. You have to go to churches. You have to go to community centers. You have to talk to people, organize them. Because if you're, if you're not willing to show up for them, why do they think you're going to support them and listen to them and, and, and fight for the issue? This is the RNC's job. This is the state party's job. It's the candidate's job. All of them. It's mayors. It's congressmen and women. Um, the whole political spectrum has to reach out. Um, it just can't be the job. I mean, the, the RNC can't do every single community But they in have the country. to set
0: the tone and they have to start the sort of, I mean, they have, that's where the money is going to start these grassroots organizations, and, and,
1: and it is. And Republicans have a reputation, and it's an accurate reputation. They'll show up in a minority community that doesn't really vote for them, like the Hispanic community or About the black community. months
0: before an election.
1: And expect that they're, you know, gonna bear fruit from that. And, and what, they will not.
0: And what liberals do is they have community organizations. And they you know, we saw it with Acorn and then by the way after Acorn was exposed for being what it was, they just dispersed and renamed themselves into a thousand other organizations. And they remain on the ground. Um, they remain on the ground. They 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 don't go anywhere. They don't go they're anywhere. They're there for four years. They t- they, they're they they're recruiting people onto city council and onto, they're always working. They, that is what Barack Obama brought. He was a terrible president. He was a terrible CEO, but he was a really good community organizer.
1: But, but a lot of these uh, liberal organization groups, they are funded by the government. By us, yes. The taxpayer funds them. It's really hard to raise money and do this. It's really easy if... Republicans and Democrats pay their taxes, and then the liberal groups to organize in cities I is paid always, for by the taxpayer.
0: I always wondered why Congress didn't um, defund all of these community organizations. Uh, they should, we should be out of that business altogether. If George Soros wants to give his billions to you know, some you know, justice group, then let him do it. But we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be giving any money to those groups, and we are doing it. It's what, what's happening at the border is completely an NGO, a non governmental organization scam. That right. billionaires fund, then the billionaires give money to the politicians, and the politicians take your tax money and fund it back into those NGOs. It's, it's a scam. Who
1: is the, who's the little, the little uh, video blogger who you we were talking about this the other day, who is is going to organize uh, voters? He's, no, just listen, he's, to not, he's,
0: he's not. He is a guy who um, became a Republican. He sort of was red pilled himself. His name is Scott. so i want to get him onto our podcast he is incredible if you follow him he's on twitter he's um you can follow him at the persistence he's doing the work frankly that the rnc is not doing there's an interesting article that came out this week um criticizing ronna mcdaniel her face has changed just be really honest her face has changed over the course of the last few years they actually tracked how much money she's spending at like meta spas and, um, places like supposedly it's for like, look, if you'd go do TV on behalf of the RNC, I think you should have a makeup artist. I, I have no problem with the head of the RNC who has to make a lot of media appearances, having a hairstylist makeup artist. That's fine. But it appears from these documents that have been released that, you know, she's getting other kinds of work done on her face under the auspices of, you know, this is for my TV media work and her face is transforming. And maybe if there was a little less lip injections and a little more groundwork like Scott Pressler's doing, um, he is going around to every district and um, every state that we were, you know, almost one, making sure that we're registering people who's was just in Arizona. But he also went, for example, this is a great great thing that he did. You know, Pennsylvania is one of those states, Sean, where you know it's always, you know,
1: 20, up 30, for 40 votes can decide the outcome.
0: Exactly. And we have, there's a very large Amish community there. And he figured out that the, the number of, I can't remember if it was like, I don't, I, I can't remember the number of the Amish community. In fact, I'll try and see if I can Well, find I think
1: it. it was like, so- What did I tell you it was? They have enough, there was enough Amish, if they all voted and they voted Republican, the it would have swayed the election.
0: Yes, he could swing the, so he's down registering the Amish. Well, duh, like why isn't the RNC doing that? Why is it up to Scott Pressler? I want to get him onto the show well, and well, talk about everything why you, that he's doing. He's super, and by the way, his attitude, like, I actually think he should be the head of the RNC. He is such a positive person. Um, you know, he also goes and does cleanups where, you know, people are, you know, destroying certain areas of cities. He's like, calls people and says... Let's, um, let's get together and just clean this little area up. He's just a positive person. I want to get him on the podcast. I want to talk about what he's doing. I want to talk about what he's learned,
1: but you made a good point. So the, the, the Pennsylvania Republican party should have an Amish designee to organize the Amish to make sure they vote and whether it's in Indiana or, or, and we don't need Indiana or Ohio, but maybe there's a big community in, in Michigan, right? There's some in Wisconsin as well. Um, They should be organized. He's he's not just registering;
0: he's training people, Sean.
1: But if you don't go back to this concept that you have to make Mm -hmm. sure your voters go to the polls, um, you're probably not going to change the minds of of liberal women. But you got conservative young men; get them to vote. Um, And so that's I think it's a really important um, facet of the coming election. But also, it does it does concern me about what are we as a country. is there going to be even less marriage 10 years from now than there is today because men and women can't find love because of these politics? We did a story about the, I forget what they're called, the men who go overseas to find a woman.
0: Oh, yeah, they were called something bros. passport boys or passport passport bros? bros. Yeah, passport bros, guys who go overseas because they're looking for women who want to get married, who have, you know, what I guess traditional, but it's not that traditional. I mean, it just means you want to have a family. No,
1: so let me tell you. Men want to marry a woman. Men don't want to marry a man in a woman's body. They don't want that. So we look for women, and if you can't find a woman because she's like been trained to be a man, You'll go overseas they go, I want to find a real woman. Yeah. Um, who
0: wants to have a family, who yes. wants to care for the kids, who wants to... Yeah, and I mean, some of these guys are, like, looking for... Just, know, yeah, There's, there's, there's that, some guys there's, that are just looking for women who are submissive. That's there's that the element. Play. There's an element of that. But I think, I think Sean... Well, they
1: shouldn't go to Latin America if they want new, the submissive ones.
0: In this new Pottersville... That what did you say? <laughs> they
1: shouldn't go to Latin America if they want the submissive yeah, ones. We, we yeah, you know, we
0: discussed this on our Somewhere else book. in the world. If you're looking for submissive women... Don't go to South Latin America. <laughs> Don't. We may act like that, at but they are start.
1: women. I mean, real. You get a woman in a woman's body if you're Latin America, just not submissive.
0: Yeah, you will just not get a <laughs> submissive woman um, if in Latin America. They, they, uh, but anyway, here's the deal. Um tell me. I think in this new Pottersville, I think this is an extreme. It's. I, I keep hoping that this is sort of like a haze that we're living in, and I think, I think the pendulum's going to swing the other way. I have a lot of hope because ultimately we're wired for love we're wired to want to procreate, we're wired for marriage. Um, we're just in a weird fundamentally transformed haze, so I think. So, and we got to get out of this. And I think Donald Trump represents this new other America that you talked about, you know, really a return
1: to the 80s. So I so uh, so we want to have America like the 80s and we want to date like the 80s.
0: And we talk about that. Uh, we do that. Yeah. So
1: but um That's a good podcast if you're looking I, for an
0: old one, date like the 80s. That's I do
1: not think that we come back unless some things happen no and and the reason and, and the reason is because all of the energy all of the money all of the organizations the schools corporations the government the military the social media the media you can't find one space um where there's a big organization that's conservative you have a lot of you have farmers you have families you have you you people you you' have small up. business owners and so the only way this changes um, is if if the the masses come out and crush it um, and uh, if, if you ever watched if you ever read Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. um, the ants were yes. the trees yeah. that everyone wrote off and all so of they a sudden didn't
0: want to get involved right
1: well they yeah they just they never get they never did get involved but they woke up and they came into battle, and it was like holy. Who are the trees. ants in this? They're, they're big tree. Oh, so, I don't know. Oh, who ant's? are the yeah. ants
0: in this political landscape? Listen,
1: I think I think it's the average American who hasn't paid attention to politics because they Cause were just going to live busy their, lives. their lives. They're waking up. The April. And if, if the I mean, I'm sorry, but we're talking about Pottersville, and but if the, if the ants wake up, and it is this average american man and woman and they get involved to save their country we can win I but think you people, need a massive political force to beat these people
0: because they're going to try and cheat again and there's all that as well i'm going to tell you what i think people are waking up i think they're on to it um and and i think they they you know you see that there's there's all kinds of articles coming out now about you know the rise of school choice the more that we get our kids out of these commie you know commie camps, camps yeah schools um and and start having alternatives and and again, I I just think people are I do I think people are waking up now. Whether the system, through you know all these mail in ballots and you know all these different ways yep. that they're you know trying to censor and and in many ways they're interfering with the election with the with the um, charges against Donald Trump, all the different ways that they're trying to interfere with the election. If there is an overwhelming support, we can overcome that.
1: I, th- that is but true. But you're right. It's going to take an overwhelming. It's going to be very, very hard. So, But again, if there's a wake up, we can save it. But the further you get away from the early 2000s, even, even the 90s with Bill Clinton or the 80s, the harder it is to bring it back because people forget. They think this is the new normal.
0: Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. We'll talk about a new normal.
1: Have talk about a new normal.
0: We have a member of Congress... You, you know from the state of Minnesota, and she represents a Somali just a district with a lot of Somali Americans. Yep. Um, who were brought in, um you know through immigration, legal immigration because they had a um a yep. civil war there. They were in refugee camps most of them, and and they and they won a lottery ticket. They um, came essentially, to America and they got to America. One of them was Elon Omar. Hmm. And Such but nice she is lady. one of these people that you know came here as a young child and just got steeped in all this anti-Americanism. Uh, yet ended up in Congress. Yep. And has been one of the biggest detractors of America. Never has a kind word to say. And now she gave a speech uh, at I believe at the with the ambassador of Somalia was there I, I, I believe, and she. Gave it in Somali and somebody translated it and it ended up on Twitter. And boy, Sean, this thing has gone viral.
1: It hasn't. So and again, we can talk about what she said. We should. Um, Okay. so the U.S. government will only do what Somali, Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do. They will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders. And that is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. We Somalians must have confidence in ourselves that we call the shots in the U.S. We live in the U.S., pay taxes in the U.S., and have a real voice. She also said, sleep in comfort knowing I am here to protect the interests of Somalia from inside the U.S. system.
0: Listen, can you that read is, that last line? Reread
1: that. Sleep in comfort, sleep in comfort knowing I am here to protect the interests of Somalia from inside the U.S. system. Interesting. This is Ilan Omar. She also
0: said in the speech, Sean, that she was a Somali first, then Islam. I'm trying to remember what the third, I'm going to try and look that up right now. But essentially, she did say I'm an American first, Somali, then a Muslim, and then maybe she's, I, I don't know. So
1: here, so here let, 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 let's unpack that a little bit, little bit because. One, when you're elected to Congress, um, you swear to defend the U.S. Constitution, right? But with that, you also represent the 750,000 people that sent you to Congress. And you represent a lot of their interests and the U.S. Mm -hmm. interests while you're in Congress. Um, She has a lot of Somalians in her district that are loyal to Somalia. Which that brings you should, a whole lot other... You're supposed
0: to represent your district in her defense?
1: Well, the, like uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to defend this, but what, what, it, it points at a different problem, which is when migrants come to this country, um, we should have an, a, a significant effort to assimilate them. So they leave their 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 country of origin and they become Americans. Mm-hmm. And what we see, not just with the Somali community, but all these communities, they retain their allegiance to their home country, and they don't become allegiant to America. And you see that with a speech from Elon Omar. because we're
0: not assimilating people to this country. Um, one, illegal immigration is completely destroying so- that. You know, my mother was a legal immigrant to this country. She, um, you know, went through the process. There's something about the citizenship process that makes you more allegiant to this country. You realize you're part of something bigger. And it's a beautiful thing, these ceremonies are. And, but it's hard. I mean, so she comes over, you know, as a young child from, you know, this country, By the way, like, I'm sorry, I know that Donald Trump got in trouble for saying blank hole countries when he was talking about Haiti, but there are countries that, I'm sorry, Somalia can't hold a candle to what the United States has done in the whole scheme of human history. And so, you know, what has Somalia contributed to the world? You know, I mean, a lot of piracy. Um, (laughs) uh, Just saying, just saying, Um, you know, I'm sure there are lovely people from Somalia, um, I like Ethiopians, they're, a little, they're Catholic, <laughs> a little more affinity with them. Uh, but, you know, the point is that you're an American and you have nothing great to say about America ever. And here you go in in Somali talking about how you're going to advance the interests of Somalia. She never once talks about America in this speech. She never once speaks about, you know, she says, I'm a Somali First, she says that in the speech, "I'm a Muslim." Second, I still got to figure out what her third one was. But even if she says America third, we're third. Um, and so, I, I'm sorry. I, I, it, it, it's a, it's a. She's always been the most ungrateful immigrant, but I think she's crossed the line, and now people are saying this is treasonous. Um, these are grounds for removing her from Congress. What do you say about that? Sean, so, from, after co- been so,
1: first, then? a couple things. Um, I'm so angry. That the left and Joe Biden continues to say, diversity is our strength. No, diversity is not your strength. Being an American, being a melting pot, that is your strength. But having all these people come in from all different cultures that don't love America, that doesn't make us stronger. It makes us weaker. And it gives us members of Congress like Elon Omar, who actually hate our country and aren't loyal to it. They're loyal to Somalia. So, shut up, Joe. Yeah. We, we Diversity is not strength.
0: Well, that was an Obama it's, thing,
1: too. It's actually weakness. Yeah. Diversity has brought us more weakness, not more strength, especially done by the Obama or the Joe Biden fashion. I think right. I, I love my, I, listen, I, I love, you know, legal migration, bringing people to this country. I, I completely support. But what they've done, again, yeah. creating a whole community in Minneapolis, St. Paul, by the way, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I, I grew up only a few hours from there. Yeah. It was a leftist center city, just like most cities. Minneapolis-St. Paul has gone off the rails. It is like radical leftism. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes from um, a a lot of the migration that has happened in the Twin Cities. Huge problem. Um, So again, diversity is not strength, Joe. But the second point is, um, there's been a number of, uh, who is Donald Trump's campaign manager? uh, With Rich Dude, Orange hair was prosecuted.
0: Um, oh, um, uh, Manafort.
1: Yes, Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort was charged uh, with being a foreign agent, not registering as a foreign agent. You can be a foreign agent, but if you work for another what, government, what is the
0: definition of a foreign agent to you.
1: You work, you listen. You're you're an agent of a foreign government. You are working you are hired for, by
0: that com- country
1: to come to in their
0: interests in our country. in
1: our country. That's yeah. right. And you can do that, but you have to register so as a foreign agent to go. Okay, this guy. They're working for this country. We all know that. That's why you have to register. Mm-hmm. They said Paul Manafort, by the way, no one was ever prosecuted for not registering as a foreign agent. Paul Manafort was one of the first because he was Trump's Associated campaign Trump, manager. Right. Yeah. This, was, this was the first foray into lawfare. Elon mm-hmm. Omar, by her own words, she's a foreign agent. She should be prosecuted because she hasn't registered as a foreign agent. And by the way, she—this is treasonous—and she, she should be kicked out of Congress. You know she should be expelled. If they're going to kick out George Santos from ah, Congress,
0: George Santos and, did nothing different. And, anybody
1: compared to this, and they would let this woman stay. Oh, uh, agreed,
0: hundred. We should live by, by the same way. standards. Bring back George Santos. Kick out Elon Omar. That's going to be my new theory. Uh, my new, we my make new model. i to make sure. Bring back George. <laughs> kick out Elon. Okay, so here's what's interesting, Sean. Her defense is. <laughs> you know, I have yeah, a pop, so, pop I know George you do. Santos. I just think he's so funny, and I've been trying. I mean, my producers won't listen to me on Fox and Friends Weekend. I have a, a pop roundup. culture roundup. I really have been dying to have George Santos on there. I know he would be fab- fabulous, literally fabulous, on my pop culture uh, roundup. You know,
1: we got to try to see. Maybe we can get him on the podcast too. He'd be great on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Actually, I would like to see what George Santos has to say about this. Yes. I would love to hear George Santos on this topic. Okay. So, let so me- yeah,
1: I told some mistruths, uh, but I didn't, yeah, I was a little, I was a little, but fast I didn't sell in- <laughs> out my country. <laughs> I was a little fast and loose with the facts. Yes. true um i you know i, I, but I wasn't the pro- working for brazil
0: <laughs> exactly he I wasn't was still american i was working for the. anyway it, you're absolutely right Sean. we totally have to have george santos on this but you know what's so fascinating is she is so disingenuous so when this came out and all this you know people started saying people in congress are now saying this is treason we need to kick her butt out of congress and and we should draw papers. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is leading the charge.
1: No, up. she's not. Marjorie is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's another one I like. Um, but t- like- t-
1: Tom was giving a speech yesterday uh, from the, the, the big conference. The Fox Business was taking it live, and he's speaking. And there's, there's a person to his right and a person to his left. And I was like, there's this someone's behind him, and I can just see little blobs of you know blonde hair over his shoulder. I'm like, what is it? Who is that? And lo and behold. It was Margie Taylor Green. She must be really short because yeah, you couldn't see her. Or behind. Tom
0: Emmer actually Gary, yeah, Thomas, very, tall.
1: Minnesota tall.
0: Yeah, he's very tall. So anyway, Elon um, uh, Omar's response to all of this, and it's it's a big response. People are really taking. it. she's saying this is propaganda. I'm like. It's propaganda to translate your Somali speech word for word. I mean, you said it. It's all right there. We read it two times. What she said: "Sleep soundly." I'm advancing the cause of the Somali. You know what? What the Somali
1: in the U.S. system. Yeah, it, it, for Somalia Somalia in the U.S. The US system. system. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Also, Sean, I will say this: a lot of the same people who are upset that Elon Omar did this said nothing when. Brian Mast, a, a veteran who I have a lot of respect for you're a friend of his um, I think he's a hero a, a war hero there's no question about it he lost his legs doing it, but he wanted to make a statement during the whole Gaza you know um, Israel conflict and I guess he had volunteered in the IDF and so he decided to wear his IDF military uniform into the u s house chamber, which I found just over the top should have been immediately condemned from everybody on both sides of this issue. I believe, um, and, and you know, I've had a lot of problems with this. I don't believe in dual citizenship. I, I am eligible for dual citizenship on both sides of my family. Um, I could be, I could become a Mexican citizen. I could become a citizen of Spain. Have you? Hells no. I am a one man woman and I am a one country woman. I do not believe in This is a hot issue in my country because there are people in my family who do have dual citizenship. I don't believe in it. I don't think we should have it. Um, and I don't care what what, what, what country it is. So, care, I, I know Israel's an ally of America, probably one of our closest allies. I don't care if it's Israel. I don't care if it's Brazil. I don't care if it's Mexico. I don't care if it's Somalia. I don't believe in dual citizenship. I think once you're here, we need to know your allegiance and it should be to the United States only. And that's how I feel about it. End of story.
1: So quickly in nineteen sixty seven the rules changed to allow people to be an American citizen and a citizen of another I country why we did that. So that was part of the Great Society. Johnson, oh. remember when so all
0: Lyndon of, Johnson.
1: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end poverty, we're gonna have so all these social programs. programs gonna, and that was the start of programs that frankly cost a lot of money. And if we look at America today versus what America was, was that I, know, I think it was a philosophy. It's, it's a great philosophy idea. Right. And I don't know. I don't know the history of why they decided to change it. Um, but the, the the thought process, I think, of of Lyndon Johnson and the Great Society um, kind of brought in a lot of, of uh, bad ideas. Maybe there's some good intentions. I think the, the, you could say the, the Great Society. Maybe there were good intentions, um, but the consequences, as called out by conservatives at the time, were like, this is not going to bode well for our country. And we've seen the consequence is trillions of of dollars spent um, on programs. And there's more poverty. There's more homelessness than uh, we had back in 1967 or 1965 when the Mm Great Society passed. So um, I would agree with you. You should you should be you should uh, pledge allegiance to our flag. You should swear allegiance to our Constitution Mm -hmm. to nowhere else. And just from my vantage point of Congress, I might have an affinity um, for other countries or other issues, but I always have to look at it through the lens of what's best for America, because I truly I'm a red blooded American. I love this country. I'm going to do what's right for us. I would never be in Congress trying to think through how can I do something that's going to benefit another country that could actually hurt my country
0: now she might argue what i'm proposing i don't even know what her damn issue is there
1: um I well, it's good for uh, for somalia is good, good for america. america she might be able to argue that <laughs> but
0: but but i do think it's interesting as a rep i mean this is the question i have for you if you remember congress mm-hmm. you obviously pledge an allegiance to the united states of america when you get sworn in of course but you do represent the interests of your district and i've seen you time and time again you have taken votes that don't work with your party, that your party doesn't want you to take because you represent your district. And in that particular issue, it it was something that your district wanted you to do. And you did it because you represent those people. That's what representative government's all about. Elon Omar is representing her district, which is almost entirely Somali. And that's what they want her to do. So what do you say to that?
1: Well, it still doesn't make it right. But it does make me say there was a problem when you bring all these Somalis to Minnesota and they're still Somali at heart, not American at heart. And they'll then say, I want my representative to say, I'm going to fight for Somalia inside the U.S. government. That works with them. You can get elected with that. And maybe it's not fair to blame the Somali community. It's fair to blame Barack Obama and liberals um, who have refused to say, you know what? We should. This, we're going to retain. A, you're still Mexican. You still like Mexican food. You still love love Spain.
0: I do, I and love Spanish food. Not as much as I love
1: America. But you're. But you've also said this is my home country. I'm an American, and it's a mindset. Your mind is this is my home and and, and, and I love this place. Whatever happened to you has not happened to the Somali community. Well, I mean, you can look, Sean.
0: There's a. There's a. a let's look at the Cuban American. Um, yeah. Uh, population in southern. Florida, for example, Um, they fled Cuba under terrible circumstances because of communism. And they came here and they experienced a free society. And Cuban Americans love Cuba, but they love America. I've never met a Cuban American um, who had nothing but deep, deep love and appreciation for America, for the fact that America took them in. And for the freedom and the anti, and of course, when many of them came over, the anti communist stance that this country always had. That is not the experience that Elon Omar had. Elon Omar came into a system that told her America was bad, that didn't teach her to be grateful for. I think, when you think about that Willy Wonka ticket when he won that golden ticket, that's what Elon Omar got when she got out of that crappy you know refugee camp in africa where she ended up i think she went from somali i think to maybe not somewhere in northern africa some r- refugee camp and 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 her family pulled the golden ticket and they ended up in minneapolis a very cold place um but with a community of other uh, somalis but she went to school and then she went to college and in all those places she was told this was a bad systemically racist country and 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 she wasn't taught um, anything about communism, the 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 death and destruction caused by communism around the world. She is a communist. Um, so is so is um, Alexandria ocasio Cortez, and this was all indoctrinated into these girls in their schools. And so you know. You fill them up with that, and they're going to end up in Congress doing what you just saw. I
1: forget what was it? The, the, the the heavier set girl in Willy Wonka that fell in. She got the golden ticket, but she fell in to the the stream, and she was sent off as a bad nut. Bad. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Was, was that? Um, uh, I forget who it was, that was. The was bee.
1: Uh, yes, Violet. Uh, Violet. Yes, Violet was. A, she's like the Violet of Willy Wonka. She was she a bad was a nut. nut. Um, she's but, a bad nut. But, but I'm going to you, you you and Nut is. She is, she is a nut. Um, you talk about the Cuban community. That's interesting because if you're fair, uh, the Cuban community cares a lot about Cuba and they want you the U.S. to take certain action that they think are gonna, is going to benefit the Cuban people.
0: No, they want to get rid of, they wanted
1: to get rid of the, they wanted to get the, rid of the s- Castro. S- yeah. the, the, so you might go, they do. I think that's in our best interest. I think you would agree. Yeah, we
0: don't want to call me but, 90 miles off. No, I know. Boat. But
1: you might go, well, th- I think there's not a lot of reflection upon, is this best for America? It is. We want to do all we, all we can to get rid of Castro. Yeah. Um, and that, and when Mario Diaz Balart, congressman from southern Florida, um, talks, he'll he's he's like he's fighting for Cuba as well as America because
0: he believes that he genuinely believes that that's in the interest of both countries. Maybe Nobody would does. say Marco Rubio or Mario Diaz Diaz Balart; these are patriots. patriots. No, they are. They are patriots who love this country, who have nothing but good things to say. If you have a Marco Rubio speech, you listen to Marco Rubio speak, and you come out loving America more.
1: Hey, because, out, you know, more Omar.: I you, mean, you, you, you.
0: you listen to an Omar speech, by the way, she never mentioned America in this
1: speech. Let's give her a ticket back to Somalia. Amen. Go on back. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Can we do one more topic before we go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so um, if you guys recall in, in Iowa, uh, there was- in, in the heartland? In the heartland.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in the capital, they were allowed to put up for a very long time, um religious decorations like for christmas and oftentimes that would be like a nativity scene. christmas decorations mm-hmm. um like that's right like the nativity scene well the way the rule was written um this last year the satanic temple of iowa um under iowa state law they were also allowed to put up a this is an air quotes if you're listening a religious display and um it the major backlash from the from the governor of iowa representatives they're all angry that this was happening but the way the law was written uh they figured they had to allow this to happen and it was a figure depicting the horn deity baphomet i believe is what it is um baphomet baphomet okay he's
0: some sort of he's some sort of demon
1: um this is an affront um to Christianity. This is an affront to good versus evil. Yeah,
0: good versus evil.
1: We don't, again, okay, whatever. So it's, let's leave that. So way, hold, hold that for a second. So
0: the, the image is scary.
1: So Michael Cassidy from Mississippi goes to Iowa and he destroys. He
0: takes a sword, right? Did he have a to sword? The, to
1: the. Uh, I don't know what he did, but I he, he, he destroyed it.
0: I think he took a sword to it, Sean.
1: And, and crushed the devil in the Capitol, mm-hmm. okay? destroys it and frankly i thought the sun shone a little brighter of that day to take out the devil and what a good man i would argue for when for i heard doing the story it.
0: sean i thought it was pete Hegseth. i
1: thought he did
0: it i did it. i was like oh no Pete was in iowa Pete was in iowa <laughs> he was but it was there a couple months later um
1: so anyway here's what happens here's the rest of the story uh, so michael cassidy he is charged then with fourth degree criminal mischief that's a misdemeanor. I don't know what the maximum sentence is for a fourth degree criminal mischief, but that wasn't enough. So the prosecutors had to relook at the case, and now they've come back and said, we're going to up the charges. This is felony third degree criminal mischief in violation of individual rights, and the charges come under Iowa's hate crime statute. So
0: it's a hate How crime? rich is
1: that? The devil is protected by hate crimes?
0: Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of hate. Like, so, so the devil represents hate, hate. right? Evil. So it's evil. It's dark. So you, you know, get rid of that, and now you're charged with the hate crime. You know, Sean. I'm a all the
1: all all the Satanic Temple is trying to do is harass Christians to mock and minimize Christians. I'm sorry. For
0: trolling Christians
1: should have never been allowed to go up. Um, you again. I'd-
0: Shame on these states for like and these legislators who allow this kind of stuff to happen. I'm taking the, the outward, um, the sort of it used to be that evil would kind of hide its way and now the mask is off. You see, you know, this is not the only place where it's it's happening in other places where they're putting up, you know, in in Wisconsin at a train museum. They uh, have
1: outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. I mean, and by the way, these things aren't just happening in Berkeley and in Brooklyn and in liberal places. It's happening in Milwaukee and Green Bay and in Iowa in the heartland and, and, and it's getting normalized. Um, so what, what was it? The image was another in, in, um, in green Bay.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, it was the same kind of thing. It was a satanic
0: display. And it was for like, Kids at Christmas, just, and they were actually doing like a Polar Express thing. And these jerks are like, we're going to ruin the Polar Express experience for a bunch of parents and their kids celebrating Christmas. And we're going to put up a satanic head there. Um, this is the kind of crap that go, that's going on. In addition to that, um, Prime Video, Sean, and I am just so furious about this. Um, they have what they claim is an adult cartoon uh, called The Has-Been Hotel. And you know any kid would look at this and go, oh yeah, I'll watch this. And it is uh, the whole premise of the Has Been Hotel animated series is that Lucifer's daughter is the hero, and they're basically there's like an overpopulation problem in hell, and she's gonna rehabilitate all these all these people who've gone to hell. And actually, the mean guy in the cartoon is God. He's the bad guy who you know didn't understand that Lucifer
1: just being was just be mistreated and was misunderstood. Was, the, the reason
0: he was kicked out of heaven is that God was just uh. so judgmental and mean. And um so, I mean, the we the messages that are getting out to children and in the form, again, they wanted to make a movie and make it rated R about this. Okay, no. They're putting it on Prime Video where they know a lot of kids are just searching through different stuff. They make it animated so it's attractive to children, and the messages aren't even subtle they are totally over it it's called has been hotel if you get a chance go onto twitter and google that you'll see like a um
1: a promo video little
0: promo video of it it will horrify you you cannot believe that this is on a a a platform like prime video and there's been virtually no reaction to it um nobody is boycotting I mean, if this had happened 10 years ago you know before the fundamental transformation of america um parents would be universally outraged and have this thing thrown off or put on some, you know, some platform where you can't access it unless you're over 18. Oh no, this is sitting right on Prime Video, um, has been Hotel, where the hero, the good guy, is Satan's daughter, and God is the enemy.
1: Yeah, it's, right in it, your face. It, it shows you how far our country has fallen, and and again, how important courts are. I have to imagine. That the interpretation and I was was that the the Supreme Court is going to require us to allow this satanic display at the Capitol. Now, here's my concern: if there's there, there's a, a religious calendar, um, and every religion has a calendar of when important things come up.
0: So you have your day off in Rosh Hashanah, or you have Christmas and Easter and Yom Kippur, or whatever.
1: It just so happens that the uh, the Satanic Temple when Christians want to come and put their displays up, it's like, oh, no, that's the satanic temple day as well. and We're going to come and put our stuff just alongside yours, again, to troll, to offend. In the,
0: in the so, courthouses. Right, and then
1: right. so I, mean, I guess my point is um, I, I don't agree with any satanic um, displays. I'm sorry. We should, should, should outlaw no that. Just this, not. Is not, this is not culture. However, if you're like, it, May 1st is satanic celebration day. Oh, and we put a display in the Capitol on May 1st. I'm like, okay, well, there's. I'm not fine with that. But if that would oh be my one God, no. That would be one thing. But to say we want, we it's an attack on Christianity to say we want to put the devil in right next to Jesus um, in a little manger. And for, what happens to a people that will allow that evil into their society that will allow that into their state capitals or into their courtrooms onto their platforms with movies that celebrate the devil and demonize god what does it say about your society and your culture and how far you have fallen um and how do you come back from that again you have to be a just good wholesome people, I think, to, to survive together. This rot, this celebration of, of again that'll give you drugs, that'll give you pornography, that'll give you prostitution, we already have all that. that'll give you crime. In Iowa, in the state capitol, that's a display that represents the whole country, what's happening. Because evil has taken over I, all these places. And I'm not as... Uh,
0: I think uh, at the root of this, Sean, is a timidity that Christians have had. And an un- well, now
1: Michael Cassidy from Mississippi. No, no, not him.
0: No, the guy with the sword is a hero, um, and he, you know, he's it, it, if he goes to jail for this, for this quote unquote. By the he way, crimes, he's he's raised he's- like
1: eighty-four thousand dollars on Give, Send, Go, which I yeah, thought he'd he raise more to than that.
0: you his defense? Um, I, I encourage everyone to go to Give, Send, Go. But here's what I'm saying: the reason we're in this spot, Sean, is we have had a timidity as Christians to talk about the christian roots of this country which are historically obvious and in school when you go to a public school if you're even lucky enough to learn about the founding fathers they have removed all the christian sort of underpinnings of of what they were doing because they they there certainly were lots of that Uh, yes they got a lot from the Romans and the Greeks in terms of their ideas, and we should have we should study those too. Our kids, I mean, our kids are learning that because they go to classical school. But kids in public school learn nothing except that those founding fathers are a bunch of racists who had slaves. That's all they're learning, and they're not learning about the Greeks. They're not learning about the Romans, all of which is a foundation of Western civilization. They're not learning about the Christian roots. Of this experiment that we call the United States of America, and they're not understanding that our founding fathers said this kind of freedom and democracy, this republic could not survive without Judeo-Christian morals, um, because that freedom doesn't work unless you have that kind of moral deterrence from hurting other people. Um, And and so this is um, it's it's the same with capitalism, capitalism without. Morality doesn't work, you just get grief. Um, And so I think all of this is, we have got to not just vote out these Marxists, atheists, secularists who hate our country, but we have to also offer something else up. And that is a renewal um, in terms of the defense of Western civilization, the defense of Christianity, and a, a recommitment to the Christian roots of this country and to really embracing it and celebrating it and telling those people who want to put devil heads inside of our state capitals just because we want to put up a manger, you know?
1: Go to hell. Literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay, Thank you. I, one other point I want to bring up. Thank you. So, you're welcome. Um, so, That's uh, why I voted for you. Elections matter. Yeah. Elections yeah. matter. So I used to be a prosecutor and... The discretion that a prosecutor has is immense. And that's why we see George Soros funding prosecu- pro- uh, 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 DA races to mm-hmm. get liberals in that won't prosecute crimes. Right. That's what he's doing. And they have the discretion what to charge and how to charge. And so if we go to Polk County, Iowa, and in this DA's office, they had discretion. How do I charge Michael Cassidy from Mississippi? What is the appropriate charge for destroying this satanic temple display, I could say, why don't we give them a, a city ordinance for disorderly conduct, have them pay a fine of a hundred dollars, which by the way, that's what I, I would have done that. If that even,
0: right. I would have given him the keys Award. to the city.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I'm you sorry. <laughs> you could, you could, you could charge them with just a simple disorderly conduct. Yeah. You could
0: just read that easy,
1: away. but they started off with fourth degree criminal mischief. It's a misdemeanor. And then they, on second thought, said, you know what? We're going to throw the flipping book at this guy, and we're going to charge him with a felony. The prosecutor has a discretion, and for destroying the devil, you get a felony. What is wrong with this prosecutor? And what's wrong with this community that would say, we want a prosecutor that's going to um, throw the book at a guy who destroys a, a, a display that all of us agree should not be at the Capitol? It says a lot about the county, which is, I, I imagine. Um, I hope they
0: vote him out. I, I, whoever that prosecutor is, I hope they vote that prosecutor out. That's the only response. And, and the person who runs against that po- prosecutor in, in that town should run on this issue.
1: And it brings me to the Get point. Get the devil
0: worshiping, you know, prosecutor out.
1: You don't know when. You don't know where. You need good people in office. You might not have thought that this issue would have ever come up in Polk County, Iowa. No. Um, But it did. And you would have hoped that you would have had elected a better prosecutor, a better DA in that county. You don't know when an issue is going to come up on your school board or your city council um, or your county board, which is why it's so important for us to truly pay attention to the smallest thing. I I care about the presidential election. I want Joe Biden gone. But I have to pay just as much attention to what happens in in my community.
0: Sean, you've said it before, you've said nothing affects your life on a day-to-day basis
1: more than your prosecutor election. 100%, because they make the decisions. Um, with wide, very few people have as much discretion as a prosecutor. Very few
0: people know who their DA is.
1: Which is why you want really good people in there to have yes. good, sound judgment to make the right decisions. Because again, sometimes people make mistakes. I had have, I have kids that I'm like, they, they did, I'm like. That people came to your office. Yeah, and, and they'd, they'd commit crimes and I'm like, do I could ruin this kid's life. He made a mistake. I could, or I could try to find an avenue to go, listen, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to give him a shot. I'm not going to throw the book at him. And there's some people who came by on, on round 10. They come through 10, 12 different times. And the whole family has been in the office. I'm like, you know, you're not going to get as much discretion from me. But you want prosecutors to think like that, which is why they have discretion, which is why George Soros decided to take that discretion and... Flip it on its head by getting prosecutors in these offices that won't enforce the law, just and then so here know. and here we have a prosecutor who is going to enforce the law against a guy who destroys the devil. Shameful.
0: Just so you know, George Soros isn't smart enough to have thought that through. Eric Holder gave him the idea, of course.
1: Mm, is that and, right? And
0: yeah, absolutely. Eric I
1: Holder, did not know that.
0: Eric Holder gave him the idea. Eric Holder probably was running the whole like thing, you know, from underneath. Everything. It just takes us. Let's take this full circle back. Everything you hate about the Obamasville, the New Pottersville that we're living in, you can trace back to the Obama administration. Everything you hate that is going on right now, you can trace it back to the Obamas. The Obamas have been the single most destructive force in American politics in our lifetime. Without a question. As yeah. bad as the Clintons were, they were just grifters. Um, and, and he was a you know, a really horny guy. Um, and 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 she was power hungry and money hungry, and they were both money grubbers. Monica or Hillary? Hillary. Oh. Hillary. I know Monica. Poor Monica. I mean, we, that's a whole other thing. Those people were just like run of the mill, like just bad bad people. Next level is are the Obamas, and what they have done to this country—the fundamental transformation, um, this new Obamasville that we're living in. Um, we need to bring it back. We need to bring back Bedford Falls. We need to bring back Bedford Falls. And the first step is, are the local elections that you're talking about, Sean, your member of Congress, which is important, and, of, and the most important, um, at, at least in the next few months, is going to be. Um, the presidential yep. election. And as you said, we've come out in massive numbers to overcome the cheating, the censorship, the coordination with big tech and the government and everything and the intelligence agencies and the deep state and everything else they're throwing, um, you know, trying to imprison, you know, Donald Trump. Ev- everything they're doing um, is, is, it, it is unbelievable. This is all election interference. And yeah. so it's going to take a massive wave to overcome that.
1: So another way to say, let's bring us back to Bedford Falls is let's also... Make America great again. Same thing. Uh you used to use a different phraseology. But I know I
0: just love that movie so, so much. I. It makes it makes me want to watch it.
1: Maybe we will. All right. Listen, God, what what a wide ranging set of issues we were able to chat with and about today. Um, After
0: all of this I feel like I need to watch the hangover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not
0: not not it's a wonderful life. I'm like I'm I- like by
1: it's the way, I'm going to make another analogy to, to, to uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," but I will not. But, um, what
0: Bangkok chasm? <laughs>
1: Bangkok chasm now. Bangkok chasm now.
0: <laughs>
1: Listen, thank um, you guys for joining Bangkok us at the kitchen. Bangkok has us now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I know. Anyway, thank you for joining right. us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can always find us at FoxNewsPodcasts.com. Subscribe there. Um, you get a notice every time we drop, which is yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and, and you can Friday. easily go
0: through our whole catalog. There's lots of evergreen topics on dating, on oh, relationships, um, lots of great stuff. So go through it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Have a great uh, day. I'll talk to you. Later.
0: Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad free on the Amazon Music app.